As I live and breathe, John Wick, the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> You're not very good at retiring. I'm working on it. Mr. Wick doesn't remember, but we met many years ago, before my ascension. When I was just a pawn in the game, we met and you gave me a gift. The gift that would make me a king. Hmm. You don't remember, but there I was, standing in an alleyway. I didn't even hear you coming. You gave me this. Gift from the boogeyman. Perfect for every occasion. But you also gave me a choice. Pull my gun and shoot you in the back and die. Or keep the pressure on my neck and live. And so you see I survived. No one sneaks up on me anymore. Thanks to you, I am all-seeing and all-knowing. Then you know why I'm here. <laughs> Santino D'Antonio. Yeah. Your contract went wide, John. That's bad for your health. What's the number up to now, Earl? Seven... Seven million dollars! Damn! It's Christmas. We're going to Applebee's after this. I need your help. You have eyes begging for change on every corner of the city. I'm thinking you can find Santino. I need you to move me underground. Get me to him. How sweet it is! The boogeyman begging me to help. Well, of course, John... Yes, John. Whatever you'd like, John. Would you like a back rub with that, John? You're going to help me. Why the fuck would I do that? Because I'm the only one that can help you. <laughs> Anyways, we're done. Oh, that's how it ends. I thought you were just Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Let's stay, big boy. Let's Everybody on? Good. Great. All right, guys, I fought off a bunch of assassins. I'm here right on time, and this is, this is our podcast, right? We're good? Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have to fight assassins, too, or was that just me? Just um, me. Hold on, wait. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're yeah, good. Yeah, I had to beat an old lady with a stick just to get this last can of cranberries. <laughs> was she, <laughs> what was is she an assassin? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm quoting the, the, the first Spider-Man film. Well, that's not the film we're talking about yeah. today. No, it's not. Okay. We're talking about <laughs> Bullet Train and John Wick. I'm Nick. John Wick, chapter, chapter two. Chapter two, sorry. Yeah. JW2. 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 I'm Nick. I'm uh, Gabe. I'm going to moderate. That's Gabe, as he said. And that's... I'm Layla. <laughs> she <laughs> wasn't sure. I don't know. She, she might be sure. using she an alias. Be, she could be it. <laughs> she can't. Be an assassin. <laughs> 
We are going to compare those two movies. This is facing off in case you just turned this on and listened to the whole intro and everything and you didn't even know what you were doing. Thanks for being here. If that actually just happened to you, we really appreciate it. Um, This is our podcast. We compare and contrast two movies with some sort of similar vein in between them. Sometimes we talk about shows. Today there's, there's movies. What's their commonality, Gabe? These are two films where an assassin really wants out but is brought back in for a job, but gets in the middle of a deadly sibling fight. Chad Stahelski and David Leach were each stunt doubles before making their films, uh, before becoming directors. And actually, um, David Leach was often a stunt double for Brad Pitt in his early career. Whoa, connection. And Chad Stahelski was actually a stunt double for... Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves. Oh in uh, his earlier career. And they also made the first John Wick movie together before they ventured off um, one into different movies and one further into the John Wick franchise. What a wow. great connection. So there's a connection. Awesome yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's what we do here. Mm-hmm. That's what we do here. We do. At Facing Off. This is what we do. This is what we could do for you. <laughs> Uh, what we could also do for you is compare and contrast <laughs> JW2, John Wick, chapter, part two, chapter two? Chapter two. Chapter two, part It's a two. book. <laughs> it's a book and a movie. Uh, it's not, is it? No. Yeah, Where's and then Bullet Train. Tonight? Um, <laughs> it's, the, it's the afternoon here in uh, California, sort of. No, it's the evening. It's, it's 5.45. 5.45, <laughs> yeah. All right, let me split a couple more hairs over here, and then we'll get started. You started I it. will split you in half <laughs> like a piece of wood. We're going to compare things on our normal scale of one to seven. Um, we are going to start in a moment. Does anyone have anything that they'd like to add before we do that? No? Okay, no. that's great. No. Yeah, I was trying to think, but yeah, I guess no. this might be the only time I got nothing to it's add. It's good to gather with both of you <laughs> this evening. And discuss these two movies. Let's talk about originality. Um, did this movie need to be made? And this movie, in this case, um, was going to be John Wick. And we're going to start with Gabe. Let us know did it need to be made. Is it original? Hmm. Um, creative? Hmm. Not yeah. creative? Um, I think John Wick 2 needed to be made. I think the first one absolutely needed to be made. It totally like changed the genre. Um, it brought about this new form of action movies, at least in the, um, uh, in the popular public eye that had like, you know, there's been like a lot of Indonesian and, uh, Thai movies that would have like guns akimbo, but with like good fight choreography, but John Wick really brought that. And then in terms of the second chapter, there's a lot of exploring more what the lore is. Because, like, if you look at the John Wick franchise, it's really popular for two things. It's popular for the incredible choreography and and how much, like, preparation goes into that and how they visualize that. But it's also really popular for this, like, mysterious lore and this world of assassins. Um, and I think the second one... 
explores a lot of that while referencing the first one. I think sometimes it's a little bit too self-referential. It's like, let me repeat a lot of the same things. But I do appreciate that there's more of a jokey version of it. It's like taking things that were in the first one and and making them more silly. Um, I would also just say that this one dives like you need this one because it dives so deeply into the universe but still only gives you like a little bit of a taste so that there can be a whole franchise (laughs) and like for instance we get more information about what those gold coins are that they um that they use as currency in this world um there's the scene where he's prepping to you know do his assassination he meets with a tailor who's not really like a normal tailor. Um, she creates or he creates tactical suits. Uh, you get a sommelier in quotes who is showing him the whole um, bevy of guns that he could get. And for whatever reason, they are like they're in a private room in a hotel with a shit ton of guns. He does not need to be saying yeah, and what's for dessert? Oh, with dessert, we have, like, this kind of... It's like, no, just talk about the guns. You're already it's in the room. Cute. It's cute. It is act. cute, though. Um, <laughs> but they also... You have the architect. You have the blood oath marker. You have the operator hotline with, like, tatted, bespectacled uh, women in pink shirts um, <laughs> who are handling all of these uh, um, assassination contracts. And then you have a whole underground gang of assassins who are seemingly homeless, but they're led by a dude called the Bowery King. That's pretty original in my book. I'm going to give this movie a 5.5. Oh, Out okay. of seven. Coming out of the gates with a decimal. I just am <laughs> like, it's less original than the first one. And less risky than the third one okay and so i have to kind of put it at like a 5.5 i think that's appropriate i like that layla um yeah i mean i'm interestingly i think i'm gonna give it a six i i think that in in the vein of what you were just saying like between all three of them i feel like the way in which this movie world builds is like impeccable to me. And like world building is really important to me as like a fantasy reader. And as like, you know, there's like a fantastical, like mysticalness to this film. And I love that Mm -hmm. about it. And I think that they do such a good job, like perfect execution in my mind Mm -hmm. of, you know, creating all the different like underlords and like what their space is and what they do and like making them all feel different. Um, and I just, I just think that like the world building is spectacular. Um, but kind of going into what you were saying about the first one, I think John Wick in itself is just an entirely original way to approach action films. And that's why it like mattered so much in the first place. I think that like kind of going off of what you were talking about, I feel like it doesn't take itself seriously, which is really magical Mm -hmm. for an action movie, Um, which I think is kind of where the genre had fallen off for a while before John Wick came back and just like revitalized it again, where it was like, we don't need to be self-serious. We can have a good time um, and also be simple. And there's like a simplicity to his character and a simplicity to like how he 
holds a main character's role in these movies. I love that like it comes out a lot in the second movie. I think it's a joke in the first one, but in the second one, they kind of double down on the fact that he just like doesn't need to have a lot of lines and he doesn't need to say yeah. a lot, but he's still just an incredible main character. Um so yeah, I'm going to go with a six. I think it does a really good job of following up on what already felt like one of the most original <laughs> um, action movies of like its time. But yeah, so I'm going to go with six. I definitely think all three of them, all three of the John Wick movies so far have a singular purpose mm-hmm. and they all handle something like better than the others. Totally. Um, yeah. yeah. So totally agree. Now, our other movie, Bullet Train, does not have any prequels or sequels, <laughs> and uh, notably does not have Keanu Reeves. Uh, notably. So what do we think of... <laughs> notably. What do we think about that, Layla? Um, that, yeah. By that, I mean Bullet Train and its originality, not it not having <laughs> Sean, uh, Keanu Reeves in it. Um, Which we all know we hate. Yeah. Too. I... Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because I feel like kind of, you know, Gabe just said it, like movies like Bullet Train, you know, came in relation to films like John Wick and this idea and this came afterwards and they really were trying to emulate a lot of these things and these like fight choreographies and um, approaching action movies like that again. So I wouldn't say it's like the most original thing ever. I think I just always I know that this is done already, but it just every time someone decides to bring Brad Pitt in as like a lead comedic actor, it just feels like the most perfect idea on the entire planet. Oh, interesting! yeah, it's not like obviously not original at this point because he's he's done comedic roles. But Mm. I just feel like there was a world in which they didn't do that in this movie and it would not have worked for me. So it was a very important part of the movie to decide to make him a comedic lead. Um, yeah, I I don't like I don't really think the humor outside of Brad in this movie is very original. I don't I don't really think I don't know. I, I don't really have much to say. I don't think what's happening in this movie was like I needed this to be made. I'm I'm okay with it being made, and I liked watching it, but I don't think it needed to be, and I don't think it executes everything perfectly, but I had a good time, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, so makes I'll give sense. it, like, a four. <laughs> like, an average I score. I think it's average. <laughs> what yeah, do you think, I would have given it a four, if that matters at all. It, doesn't. Um, it, matters it always matters, me. Nick. Thanks. I mean, what's really interesting about this one, as opposed to John Wick, like I actually, as you said in the with John Wick two, you know, that's a very like it's self aware in a slightly more funny way, and I felt like that was a difference from the first John Wick, where it's like maybe it was self aware, but that it comes off very seriously. I think this movie is really self-aware but i think to its own detriment like Mm. i think it is too in on its own joke such a good way to put it yeah and the joke isn't that funny yeah um i also like this movie is much more of like a vehicle or locomotive uh for (laughs) advertisements like i don't think i've ever (laughs) seen more product placements in any movie outside of like a transformers movie it's like the Sony Electronics Incorporated Fiji Artesian Water Corona Extra Ray-Ban Don Julio train. Because yeah. all of those, 
you can remember when they're placed in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And that's I how did much in my head just now. It's insane. It. It's it's actually <laughs> insane. Um also which what is so weird about this one being <clears throat> so comedic is that this one's actually based off of a book this by that's this not Japanese <laughs> novelist and it's like super serious I guess. <laughs> uh it's called like Maria Beetle or something. Um or maybe that's the author I can't remember. Um but yeah, it's it's so wild how jokey they go with this. I think that this movie is I think it their creativity comes out with like like I don't sure. think it has the choreographic creativity that John Wick movies have even though it's helmed by, you know, a a really talented stunt performer. Um I I do think where they have some creativity is like how they use like props and stuff in the choreography. Uh, like famously, I guess or I shouldn't say famously cause I don't think many people give a shit about this movie, but like the scene <laughs> where he's fighting Brian Tyree Henry and they're grabbing the, you know, the suitcase from each other and stuff oh, like yeah. in the quiet train, there's a lot of like props being used. And I think that those are pretty fun. But Brad I think does that a lot movie, too in his fighting. Like I feel like every definitely. fight he's using some kind of well because he doesn't want to hurt anyone. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, yeah, and I think a lot of that it like feels very like Buster Keaton esque. Um, I I just think that this movie feels like a copy of John Wick with the concept of Snowpiercer, the humor of Deadpool, and the like lameness of the Gray Man. And without any Whoa, real like that's so attempt, real, <laughs> yeah. And without any real attempt to create a universe and lore, yeah, it comes off like something that cow. you can forget. And it's yeah. like not. And I actually think that's where it doesn't need to be made because this didn't add anything to the genre, and it didn't even create its own world. If anything, we're only gonna look at it as oh, this is like a John Wick esque movie. Um, so I'm going to give it actually, I think a two out of seven. Wow. Not that I, I I don't think it's a a hunk of junk, uncreative movie. I just like, I don't really find it original in any way. Sure. I think, I think it's important to distinguish, like we've in this podcast, we've talked a lot too about within originality, like people can certainly take from other tropes and things and stuff, but the only way originality works is if like you surpass or do better than like the original idea that was used, right. Or do something different with it. And it just doesn't really succeed in any of those. Uh, Just does not seem to do that for us. So now we've talked about some of the people that are in bullet train, Brian Tyree, Henry, Brad Pitt, a bullet train, a suitcase, Don Julio, Fiji water bottles, Ray-Ban, Fiji water bottles, Fiji artesian water bottles. What about the actoring in Bullet Train? So, how well were the characters written? Um, how well were the characters acted? How well did the actors act? Yeah. Um, yeah. How well was it directed? <laughs> what about those types of things? Um, let's continue with Gabriel. Okay. But talking about Bullet Train, that is he. That's um, you. And I am me. Yeah. Um, and we are all together. Look, I think that this, I mean, this has a fun cast, obviously. I, I'm i not, like, overly thrilled by the entirety yeah. of the cast. Two words. Bad Bunny. 
Yeah, Bad Bunny, but Bad Bunny's fine in it, and it's like he's it's actually fun. kind of fun yeah, in that scene, fun. and I like his whole like he's definitely. I like that fine. they give him like a background, um, and it's kind of just like a funny scenario. But <laughs> everybody loves Bad Bunny. Overall, I mean, like this movie would be, I would actually fucking hate this movie without Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson, who the movie should have just been about Lemon and. Uh, What's the other one's name? Uh, I can't remember the other. Tangerine. Guy, the, no, oh, Tangerine. That's right. Oh, like ta- Layla knew it. Taught freaks. What's it gonna tell you? Yeah. God damn it. Um, <laughs> she reacted like I, I know. I just <laughs> didn't say it. I I love tart fruits too, so I should have I should have known. <laughs> um, they. So Aaron Taylor Johnson couldn't be hotter movie. in a movie. He's literally the sexiest anyone's ever looked in yeah, a film. Yeah, and Channing Tatum also one. noticed, you know? Yeah, and Chan- and I also, like, I do like the cameos, by the way, and the Channing Tatum cameo is funny. I think it could have been even funnier, um, but I, I love a good cameo. Um, but Brian Tyree Henry's like, has, like, a pretty serviceable British accent that definitely sounds like you know how an American would like learn a British accent, but it works for the movie. He's like, "Oi, bruv!" Yeah, it's it's that, and but he, like his whole Thomas the Tank Tank Engine <laughs> thing is funny, and he delivers it well, and he's committed to the bit. It's too much, but it pays off at least a little bit for me. I just like <laughs> there's a list of actors in this movie that I could care less about being in this movie, mm. like. I didn't. I actually thought that Joey King might, was British, so her accent was actually pretty decent. But um, I don't know why she or or Logan Lerman are in this movie. It just, like Logan, like I didn't love <laughs> that casting no at all. <laughs> I don't like. I love Michael Shannon, especially when he's being absurd. But like, yeah, I don't really like what they did with that. It's. No. Borderline problematic and uh, just a weird role. Uh, I also it's very weird. I it's a waste of Zazie Beetz, who's like one of the yeah. best actors alive. Um, and she, I it was so random when she's in it, and I didn't enjoy that at all. Brad Pitt is an interesting one. I'll just like quickly say that I I agree. I think he's good at comedy, and it's really nice when he pops in for comedy. But I'm always of the i like on the side of i think Brad Pitt is a better supporting actor than he is a lead actor and it, with some exclusions obviously or exceptions because he's had an incredible career but i just like i couldn't stop thinking about like why the fuck is he doing this movie i know he just got his oscar so he could do whatever he wants and it sounded like fun and money 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 but like I just was watching it, and I was like, I feel like we could have just had anyone else, and it, it really would have worked, too. Um, he does it well, but it, it, I don't know. So I, I don't know. Like, like a three? Oh, For action okay. comedies, it's not, like, the worst. Wow. I feel pretty differently. Is um, it an embarrassment of riches? Like, yeah, sometimes. I am okay. I am concerned with a lot of movies with huge casts nowadays. Yeah. Like, I mean, we agree on this like wholeheartedly. I'm terrified of seeing Oppenheimer, which I'm sure <laughs> is going to be a good movie because there's too many fucking people yeah. in it. 
Not it's big a, ensemble it's, guys here. Yeah, it's not know. like, well, it's just not usually we're successful. It's not even <laughs> just that we're like, it's just not, doesn't usually work. Um, doesn't usually, yeah. I, okay, so why do you disagree? I think that the acting is like what carries this movie. So like I, I'm mm. going pretty high on the acting score. I think, I kind of think that Brad is supporting in this movie. I think he shares yeah. the lead role with Aaron and Brian. Like, I think that those three, like <clears throat> they're two separate like storylines intermingling, like carries the movie all together. Um, I think their comedy is hilarious. And the only reason I have a good time watching this is because I really do crack up like a lot. <laughs> um, I think that Brad's He's cracking up now. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, I can't stop. Um, his, Brad's bit is so funny to me. The whole Zen thing cracks me up. Um, I think Aaron Taylor Johnson is so good in this movie. And I think the way that the, the two brothers like interact with each other is really funny. Um, I think that there are certainly like roles that didn't need to exist. I, I agree with that. I don't know why Sandra Bullock needed to even show up at the end of this movie. Like it's such a Sandra Bullock. No, that is not true. I like actively fucking hate Sandra Bullock. Sort of a Gabe like Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, Clay, I was not going to bring her up because uh, like I knew Bullock. Gabe was going to like go off if I brought her up. Um, I, and I actually really like Sandy. So I just like like that like Oh, we're calling her Sandy. <laughs> um, really only did it to piss you off. But the last like five <laughs> minutes of this movie just doesn't make any sense. Like it just completely halts what like could have just been a good ending. Like it's so mm. awkward and uncomfortable to watch. I don't mm-hmm. know why they needed to end it that way. Um yeah, and then I mean I won't add too much more. I, I love joey king but i weirdly think that i i think she's kind of annoying in this movie like i know she's supposed to be but like yeah i don't really like her as the villain like i think she's like almost a little too obnoxious and like and i think that's about her portrayal of it like i think she's just doing a little bit too much like she's too much of a caricature of what her character is supposed to be um so as much as I love her, I, I don't know. I feel like they could have cast somebody else that might have done a better job of leaning into the villain role than she did. But yeah, um, I'm going to go with a 4.5. Hmm. Okay. okay. I thought you were going way higher. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking about not what I thought was going to I was going to go with the five originally, um, but I need to be... I need to chill. So you just threw the five in as a decimal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's how um, I chose to go. So w- you guys talked about how JW, John Wick. Uh, John Wick we, too. We like that. No, no, I was talking about the character. Oh, okay. We like that he's quieter in this second one. How does that relate to the actoring? Do we like Keanu Reeves as John Wick? I want to hear as part of your conversation, as well as whatever you're going to say, also talk about how this plays into the pantheon of Keanu Reeves uh, characters. Ooh. Um, and we'll, Layla was continuing to talk, and I like it when we do that. So okay. conti- con- uh, Layla was talking, so let's continue to have Layla talk about John Wick part yeah, I, I think that what makes these movies and what really plays into even the second one and whatever is him as a main character. And I think it's important to acknowledge the way that they chose to write it and the way that he does it. I think it's like so important to acknowledge the pop culture phenomenon that became this character and Keanu yeah. as a person because of this role. <laughs> totally. um, like, 
you know, Keanu was like all anyone <clears throat> talked about when these movies first came out, leading into now still. He's like a pop culture icon at this point. And a huge part of that is the persona of who he is as John Wick and as a person in real life. And I think he really brings who he is persona wise into these films. Um because he is such a lover in these movies, even if it's very quiet. Like, and I love that. It really shows up, too, in the second one, particularly when he's interacting with all these people that he once called his friends. And I love on rewatch how I noticed how subtle all of that is. But, like, the scene where, what was her name? Was it Gianna? The sister? Yeah. When she kills herself, or when he's, like, supposedly killing her, um... It's really subtly beautiful the way they interact with each other and how you can tell he's so remorseful that he's in this position. And he doesn't have to do a whole lot to convey that, which is really fun and cool, especially for an action movie, because I just think I prefer action movies with a little bit less dialogue. Um, Unless it's monologuing, you know, Uh, that's really fun in an action movie. But... Yeah, I think all the side characters are really well written. I like the complexity of all of them. I think everybody does their role very well. Um, And I think that they did such a good job of writing, you know, complex characters and making it fun, fast and interesting. So I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, I Gabriel on that scene that you were talking about with him and Gianna, like I, I agree with that. And I think a lot of his physical acting is a lot better than his uh talking acting and i've always kind of felt that way with him like he's had a he's had a really good career yeah but a lot of times it sounds as if he's never spoken english before um and i it's like there's the scene where he's with gianna with that but when he's with her brother santino in his house and he's like it can't be done he looks I pretty constipated a lot of the time. It's like, I I get the character being like that, doesn't like to speak. I mean, it's really constipated. It's like he's forcing every word through his butthole. Like, it is... He's just in constant mourning, okay? It's really hard to exist Well, he's in constant he's mourning, mourning so and, like, technically his character is, like, an orphan from Belarus, and so, like... There's a, a... And he just doesn't speak. The one person he ever had a chance to speak with... Uh, you know, probably did most of the talking for them, and and then she passed away. <laughs> like, I just whenever they show the video of him, you know how it's like that, like that yeah, uh, like on the beach, or like whatever. stereotypical, like yeah. wife gets murdered in a movie. Have you ever video. seen those TikToks? Um, this is such yeah, a tangent, but have you seen those where it's like no, my hilarious. husband won't it's... take these videos of me, so I have to take them of myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but even in those videos she's like what are you looking at john he's like I'm just looking at you and it just is like he can't speak but once you get to cassian being in it um common's character cassian you realize that both of these characters are meant to speak in a very like simple way because the only thing they've ever understood is being really good at fucking killing people yeah um and again, like just on Keanu before I move on, like no one has committed themselves more to a role outside of like Tom Cruise and everything he does um, than Keanu has with 
with John Wick movies and like the videos that came out of him training for these roles. Like I'm not a big advocate of guns at all, but those videos are fucking crazy of him training for this. Mm -hmm. And he puts so much into it and to be in a movie that's in a series of movies that's directed by the guy that used to take over his stunt, uh, his, his stunt tasks and to be doing most of the stunts now is so fucking cool of him really and really leads to the the part of like I can I can't say that Keanu Reeves is a great actor but I can tell you I enjoy almost everything that Keanu Reeves is in because of him and it I don't works, think other yeah. people can do that. <laughs> um I think the like the first half of this movie I I'll talk about in spectacularity about how like slow it gets to like get to the good parts. But the dialogue is, like, like embarrassingly fucking bad in the first half of this movie. <laughs> it's really bad. Peter Stormare, who I love as an actor, has one of the worst, like, fake Russian-English accents I've ever heard. Um, the bad guy at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, it, it's horrible. It, he's trying so hard to do the accent, too. But then, when you get into the world a little bit more, you get introduced to, like... Lawrence Fishburne is doing one of my favorite Lawrence Fishburne performances. He's having so much fucking fun. His as monologue King. is incredible. It's he's so, so fun. He's so good in it. I love his energy. I love that he gets to be in a movie with Keanu Reeves again and, and just seems to fucking adore it. Yeah. And I, I like when he does the sign, the sign of the cross, but he like yassifies it. With his hands, it's so you know the like the mm-hmm. um, father son the father Holy son Ghost. Holy Spirit thing, but he does it with his like wrists or whatever. Oh yeah, so fucking funny. <laughs> um, I I also like I really really like Ian McShane as Winston, and it sounds like there were a ton of actors that were up for the role of Winston, and he's so great in these movies. And I yeah, he brings a level of like he's not serious in his role. But authenticity to his role that feels almost out of place in the rest of the movie because everyone else is like this crazy <clears throat> character. Yeah. He's believable in that role. Like even Lance Riddick, who I think is good in this movie, I, I don't I don't love that he does that accent in each of them. It's kind of distracting. Um, but anyways, I'll, I'll give it a five as well. I, I you know it's tough because it's it's still ridiculous action movies, but there's just like. There's a version of these movies that just doesn't work with, like, I don't know. Like, Frank Grillo is who I think would play, like, John Wick. And it would be just, like, he's too much, like, you know that guy's going to kill every single person. It's like an Amazon Prime movie. Yeah, yes. Sorry, Frank Grillo. Yeah, and I'll uh, take that up to my bosses and (laughs) get you killed. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, continue to talk about the legacy of John Wick, because at this point we've talked about all, I think the key elements and we'll talk about the eye candy and kind of wrap up the, the loose threads as far as that goes after this. But what is the legacy of John Wick? Why did we go with chapter two? Yeah. And what is the legacy of chapter two specifically? If you want to wrap in other John Wick elements, please do so. But we may do another episode, so you can talk about it again. Then. We will. Um, we will do another <laughs> episode. Like we can talk about it again then. 
Yeah. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Cut um, that, cut that, cut that. What What do you think, Gabe? I So I actually think that this one has its own legacy. Okay. Um, so it, it's... Yeah, I, I mean, just to just to go back to when John Wick came out in 2014, I think? 17. Uh, oh, the first one. 2014, I think, was I think the first right, one. Yes. Like, going back to that, I remember seeing the trailers, and I was like, this movie looks dumb as shit. Like, this is a shitty B-movie. It's going to stink ass. And... <laughs> I had friends who really wanted to go and see it, and I was like, I just, like, there's no interest in my mind in seeing this. This is before, like, movie pass and stuff, so I wouldn't even do, like, a flyer for one of these. Um, but it was such a random sleeper hit, and it had this, like, crazy word of mouth thing afterwards. I think, like, even after it was leaving theaters, I think people had fun with it, and they were like, yo, this movie is actually, like, dope. I think a lot of people were still afraid to say, like, ooh, this is a really good movie. Even if they liked the fight choreography, they were like, oh, there's something off about the dialogue, and this seems like a shitty thing. But I just, you, you, once you, like, even the first time I watched it, I was kind of like, whoa, the fucking scene where they introduce how dangerous he is in the house, like, it blew my mind. But I still was like, Overall, that movie's dumb as shit. What are people are ta- what are people talking about? It wasn't until I, like I rewatched that that I understood that there is so much that's unique about the lore and and the characters, and it like exists in its own universe that is so fascinating. So when the second one came along, I like it was inter- it, it it was still kind of a gamble for them. Like they they only they. It had the same budget as the first one. It was only like a forty million, you know, approximately forty million dollar budget, but it became a huge, huge, huge hit because all of the word of mouth after the theatrical run of John Wick, like, showed up for that movie, and it made I think like four times its budget, blew up, and became this huge franchise, and. I think that that is more of chapter two than the first one. I think there's a lot of chapter of John Wick one that is still, I I think for a lot of people, John Wick one is their favorite. And I think that's always going to stay, but for those people, but I, I think that chapter two may be more important in terms of franchising this. Um, Personally for me, it doesn't hold up as well on rewatches as the first one and the third and I just find a, some of it a little too corny for me and like a little bit too much of a copy of the first one. Um, I also, I just have to point these out. Am I wrong? Like, I know it's like a John Wick franchise, but like, am I wrong to point out that there's some questionable stereotypes in this movie? Like, there's a scene where he goes to get that storage, th- like, goes to that like bank type place to get his coins and everything from that storage case. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, a super, it's like a, a super stereotypical Orthodox Jew running that and mm-hmm. a group of them. And I know in these assassin movies or whatever, there might be like a gang of Orthodox or Hasidic Jews. Like, sure. But it, it's a, it struck me a little weird. And then also having a Japanese character just be like a sumo wrestler. 
like out in public was just it was a little bizarre and it felt like very much <laughs> like a caricature um the russian accents like there's always bad russian accents but they yeah. are like obscenely bad in this one <laughs> the, like, and there's the twins or whatever aren't they those guys are swedish which ones the actors <laughs> oh what twins i'm thinking of the wrong movie yeah john wick 2 mm. I think you're t- you're referencing the people at the beginning of the second one, right? Yes. Oh yeah, I mean like no, they're they're Russian, but yeah, I mean uh, maybe at the in the third one, but yeah, and then there's also like why is Ruby Rose mute in this? I it's just like I don't even think it adds anything to the character except for when she says, you know, be seeing you, John, in her in like it's like a a weird version of ASL as well. It's like a more like. I they like they made it for the movie. It's weird. I think some of that age is kind of poorly for me and I I think this movie is like really important to the franchise, but I some of it just like personally gets brought down. So I I'm going to give it a 5.5. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a 6. I don't know. No, uh, cuz I would get cuz I would give the first and third more. Anyways, sorry. Go. No, you're fine. I am like so upset I didn't speak about Ruby Rose and acting. <laughs> Just sitting and how upset I am. Um, I Yeah, I God, fuck Ruby Rose in that movie. Like, I just, I, I'm obviously, like, upset about what you referenced, but also it's just such an unbelievably poor performance. Like, it's so upsetting. Um, anyways, it's also I'm not just in... lame. Like, you leave it to the end to have her as, like, one of the big bads, and she's, like, fucking 90 pounds. He's going to throw her into a wall and stab her to death. Like, what's going to happen there? Yep. Anyways. It's, it's so stupid. Um, yeah, get, okay, so, legacy. Um, I... Yeah, I don't really have much to add to everything that you said. I I think that I didn't realize how much I enjoyed the second one until I rewatched it. So I think that's like a really nice thing. I think it is really fun world building that you kind of forget happens in the second one. And I also think to your point, like the the first one could have been a one off. And the second one was very important to this franchise. Like it, it was what would solidify it as something that mattered, right? Like that's something that mattered in the lexicon of action movies and, you know, carried on this legacy of what action movies could look like moving forward. Um, And it worked like it did work. People Mm -hmm. came back and they were like, fuck yeah, I'm ready for more. Um, So I feel like it deserves credit enough for that, that it was the reason we got a third one. Um, and the reason people are excited about a fourth. Um, I'm so fucking excited. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not – I won't say too much more. I think I'm probably just going to land on, like, a five. Just because if you're looking yeah, at a – Yeah, i If you're looking at a franchise like this, like, no one is saying the second as their favorite. Um, no, there's some people who do. No, I mean, they do. I mean, I'm sure there are humans that do. I'm just saying that, like, the majority of people are referencing the first one when they talk about these movies or because the third one's the last one that came out and it was, like, so much bigger and expansive. Like, that's what people talk about. I don't think the second one gets brought up quite as much as the first or the third. Um, in just, I was like, saying general that because it's bizarre when it does. Like, I, there are people that are so strongly for the second one as opposed to the third one. Like... 
one of one of my friends, Nick Doria, who's been on the podcast, like he <clears throat> he really likes the first and second more than the third. I you remember when the third came out? You and I got into a debate about it because I wasn't a huge fan of the third one, the same way everybody else was. Um, but I don't think I would argue that I like the second one more than the third necessarily. Okay. Um, yeah, because I was going to ask you what your order is since we're just before we doing it. Legacy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think probably one. I, I haven't rewatched the third one in a long time, so like no one quote Dude. me on this. But I would probably right now go one, two, three, depending four. Okay. Yeah, I'm three, one, two. I like. I think I there's a lot to love in one. It's a lot simpler. It's kind of like how like Die Hard got like bastardized later. But since this is a ridiculous world, I the third one is like let's throw everything into this yeah. and dive into the lore. I I mean, I I fucking love Parabellum. Like I actually like that movie is so aware of what it is, which yeah. is absurd. And I'm someone like you you both know I'm someone who cannot turn my brain off and just watch an entertaining movie just because. Like, it works. I don't, I don't know what it is. But yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. Um, um, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to five. move on. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Turning your brain off for entertaining movies. <clears throat> can you talk about the legacy of Bullet Train? Sure can. In your eyes? Um, let's start with Layla. Yeah. But I can too, by the way. Um, cool. I think this is a little bit hard. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, critics didn't really super like adore this movie. No. Um, Even I know a lot of they people all loved Sandy Bullock. So. Yeah, <laughs> oh. and Brad. Um, I I know a lot of people that really enjoyed this movie. Like, had a good time. I do think that this movie, if we're like just talking legacy, is the type of action movie people love to just throw on on a Friday or a Saturday <clears throat> night, like sit down with mm, some popcorn yeah. and just like have some laughs and watch some good action scenes. And I think in that vein, like it might potentially hold a legacy where people are like, oh, it's on Netflix. Let's throw it on and watch this action flick kind of a thing. Um, I think it also very much has the potential to just die off um, because mm. It just doesn't really matter now anymore. It mattered in the beginning when everyone was like, this cast, holy crap, what is this movie? Where did this come from? <laughs> um, so I don't really know where to put it on Legacy, if I'm being perfectly honest. I, I think there's this slight potential, like I said, that it could just live on as like this kind of fun, random action movie where someone sees that poster of those names and goes, I, yeah, I totally want to put this on right now. Um, so I think I'll just go with like a four. Like an average score? Yeah. That makes sense. Not memorable, not forgettable. If on Netflix could be popular, if not on Netflix could f die. Do you I, agree, Gabe? Oh, definitely. I was going to say, like, it found its forever home with Netflix. Like, Netflix <laughs> is perfect for it. Because it's just... And I'm so sorry to people that, like, stand Netflix programs, but, like... <laughs> It just kind of it kind of reaches that audience of the like simple, you know, I'm just going to turn this movie on <laughs> like simple mindset. Yeah, I, which is fine. I just like it's Netflix is a perfect place for that. You're not going to like find this like you're not going to go like deep diving on like Hulu or, or something like that for <laughs> Bullet Train. I, anyways, that, that probably doubling down. a little too elitist, but <laughs> I actually like. Yeah. 
I think the advertising <laughs> fucking killed this movie before it came out. Like, I a think that bit, this movie yeah. was dead before it hit theaters, oh, even though yeah. it did, it did really well in that. theaters. The which trailers. I, oh, my well, the God. Tra- so the first trailer came out, and it was, like, intriguing. And But it, w- it had been hyped for a few years. It was, like, Brad Pitt and a huge cast in this, like, crazy David Leach action, action movie. And then the trailer came out, and it was, like, kind of cool. And then they did another trailer, and it was, like, really hardcore leaned into the goofiness. Yeah. And it was kind of like, ooh, this movie might be obnoxious. Then, to pair with the the ad placements in the movie, they did ads for Mm -hmm. each of those products outside of the movie. So it was nonstop seeing a little, either a banner on social media or, like, an actual commercial with these characters before the movie came out. And it was like you were trying to franchise something that when you actually watch it doesn't even feel like a franchise movie. So I, I, I felt strange about it going in. And I remember I should have seen it in theaters. Like, I have AMC A-list, but <laughs> I kind of avoided it because a lot of people... Just flexing on here. How about your AMC well, it, A-list? A-list is fucking <laughs> sick. I, it's so worth the money for anyone. Um, but I avoided it because people seem to not like it. I didn't realize that it made a good amount of money, made it like a lot of money actually. Um, but critics fucking hated it. And I think at first it was getting like pretty poor reactions from like, you know, like the film communities on like letterbox, but it has grown. I think people are starting to appreciate it a little bit and like appreciate the absurdity of it and the harmlessness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, does it like to your point about like, if it's on TV or whatever it's, if it's on the home screen, does it replace something like John wick or fast and the furious? No, like I just, it, it's never, I think it could slip away as long as it's on the home screen of Netflix, it's going to survive. But if it ever falls a little bit behind that, people aren't going to rewatch this movie. And I think that's what it hurts. It hurts it. I, I, do, I, I do think part of it for me is that I don't like David Leach as much as I like Chad Stahelski. I appreciate both of them in their careers. But David Leach went from John Wick. He's like uncredited due to uh, Director's Guild bullshit. But he went from that to Atomic Blonde, which was like a overly convoluted like copy of john wick it's pretty good but it's and it has one sick fight but then he did like deadpool 2 which i find to be really funny and i like but it's there's an obnoxious quality to it and they did hobbs and shaw which just like did not work for me at all and then something else and then bullet train and i'm just like ah i don't know I, I'm not that on board with this guy, and that might have hurt this whole thing outside of the advertisements. So, you can try to remove. What is the legacy? Like, I, I actually don't think this movie has much of a legacy beyond being a Netflix thing. So, I'm like a two out of seven. Oh wow! No, it did well. Enough. I, I think that people like it enough that it's like a three. Okay. I can see a lot of younger people really liking it. Yeah, I think that the comment you made about it being harmless. Is a good point. It is. It's not as like disturbing mm-hmm. in its violence as John Wick movies are. No, it's an. Ex- it's just like an extremely commercially like palatable film, and that's Definitely. I think what its intention was when I saw it in theaters. That's what I was there for. It was yeah. like, yum. This is like chips. I love chips. 
Yeah, they're it was, so palatable. There's nothing offensive about them. Yeah, uh, um, Tostitos chips, particularly this episode and that <laughs> uh, movie, is brought to you by <laughs> Tostitos. Crunch, 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 crunch. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Uh, what about the, um, what about the candy for your eyes? Talking about chips. Nom, nom, nom. What about like, uh, I couldn't think of like a, a snackable candy because I'm all candy is snackable. They're snacks. This is a complete aside. Do you know they put potato chips in Reese's peanut butter cups now? That's a thing. Oh, I could. There's See Reese's that. peanut butter cups with potato chips. On I mean, the they did like the M and M's with pretzels, and it's it like worked. They read my mind. Yeah, that's a great idea. A little crunch. What do we think about this? <laughs> what do we think about how the uh, how does Bullet Train look? Is it is it uh, beautiful? Does it work? Is it like that scene that gets shredded to pieces on Twitter from Bohemian Rhapsody oh God, where they just editing. edit the absolute crap out of everything at that little brunch they have on the shoreline. Um, what do we think, Layla? Oh, God. Um, Eye candy, bullet train. I really don't have much to say, like, at all. I, something like, I hate the visuals when they're, like, outside of the train or, like, when, like, people are hanging off of it or, like, yeah. when Aaron Taylor Johnson somehow fucking survives holding on to the train when there's nothing to hold on to. Like, those scenes really upset me visually. Like, it looks so fake. It looks so unbelievably fake. And I understand that it's, like, supposed to be the fastest train that's, like, ever existed. So, like, I don't know how you make that look not fake. Um, especially What about the A train? It's a human hanging off of it. Yeah. Um, So that's like weirdly one of the eye candy gripes that I have. I don't know. I mean, I like, I always kind of like. I agree. Those are my, that I will add my two cents. Those scenes look like poop. They're upsetting. Um, I do always love movies that are, there's a term for this, uh, when they're like in one setting the whole time. Um, But I could just call them contained. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I do love a contained film and I like the way that they visually show you people moving through the train and the different train cars and all of that kind of stuff. I do like that. Um, I think they do a good job of still making it very interesting and entertaining, despite the fact that it's all just inside of train cars. Um, And I like the use of the like physicality of them fighting within such a confined small space. Um, So I don't not like that. Um, And I do like the, choreography of the fighting i don't know I, I don't think there's anything super spectacular about the visuals about this movie i think it is like very bright um and there's a lot of colors involved in certain scenes um 
I couldn't tell if that was like a comic booky thing they're doing. Or... Yeah, it almost felt like it was at times, yeah, but then they yeah. didn't lean into it the whole time, so it felt kind of confusing a little bit. Um, but yeah, um, and then obviously like costuming wise, like Joey King almost felt like they were trying to do like a Kill Bill school girly like evil villain yeah. crazy girl thing, um, which like <laughs> it's kind of like hit girl exactly from Kickass. Yeah. Just totally. started putting stuff on sticky notes, and they came up with what you yeah. just said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like that. Um, yeah, Still I don't know. It's pretty whatever to me. Girl. I think I'm just gonna give it until Gabe speaks. I'm gonna give it a four. <laughs> All right, I, Gabe, speak. I I would love to speak. Um, <laughs> let's see. I just I I just I kind of I think it's too digital. It's too clearly digital. And like mm. commercialized, mm. it has such a glossy feel, yeah. almost to the point of like not being interesting. Because I think there are like sleek movies that work with these kind of color palettes, but I think this one is like too fake looking that it bothers me. Like even the way that Brad Pitt looks and his glasses look is like. Yeah. There's something like not like I can't get into this movie because it just it it feels <laughs> it has this, like, like a movie you super, know like a go to yeah. the theater movie. It's um, just like incredibly polished. <laughs> yeah, that's what you were doing. Yeah, it's got this like incredibly polished. Look yeah, that they but were clearly was intentional, but but how do you say like it's like polished in a negative way? Like, cause there, I don't there mind can it. be. A I mean, poli- it is polished. It certainly is. Like, it's, it's what it's they they cutter. leaned they leaned into that. Yeah, I, for I, sure. It, it works and it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's fine. Like, I I think it's serviceable and it like fits the movie in yeah, a lot I think of parts. It works, yeah, I I agree with you. Everything outside of the train is bad. Like, I actually I just flat out fucking hate the last like twenty minutes of this movie. <laughs> um, particularly when like though it's part of a funny bit where he's like flying through the train when it's crashing and survives. Like yeah, it's kind it of looks funny. <laughs> really really bad. And then it when he's ridiculous. outside, the sky is so bad. It's yes. like yes. I, I can't even believe that they're on a sound stage. It looks like they're in a computer world. Um It does. Look I also so like ridiculous. the choreography in this is good. But it's not great. Like, there aren't a lot of fights where I'm like, whoa, that's so fucking cool the way they do that. And the only things I really like is, like I said earlier, the use of props and stuff is very entertaining in ter- yeah. with the choreography. And it looks cool. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, I will say this. Like, I, I kind of compared it a little bit to The Gray Man. It looks a lot better than Gray Man, and it was made with like a fraction of the money that was dumped into that shit show of a movie. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a two out of like I don't want to be that mean to Bullet Train. <laughs> I just like this, there's just times. nothing there's nothing eye candy about it that I'm like ooh Bullet Train. You know, doesn't work for you. Yeah, it doesn't there's work for you. So I get that. many other natural like choreography movie even by the way even in the contained space like i don't love snowpiercer because of the writing of snowpiercer but visually it's fucking insane how mm-hmm. he uses space sure. and then you think of like like the scene in old boy where he's fighting with the hammer in the hallway is such a good use of space and this one i like 
the I think the camera goes out of the train often too, and I, I just I don't know it. I could feel like there was more space than there was, you know, in, in certain scenes. So sure. I'm gonna give it a two. Yeah, sorry, bullet train. Okay, I, I think Let's it's like. A, I just want to say ahead. really fast. I think it's an important distinction. As you were talking, I was thinking about this a lot. Like, as far as the choreography and stuff, I feel like looking at John Wick in this movie, a huge, huge distinction between the two is that like John Wick is like when we're fighting, we're fighting. Like this is about mm. the fight, and we want you to watch this. And Bullet Train's kind of the opposite. It's like, we don't care if you really pay attention to the fighting. We're saying hilarious things while we're fighting each other. And we want you to laugh while you're watching this. Like, we just, it's just pure entertainment, I think, when they're fighting. And those are really different things, right? Like, especially for people who love action movies and actually care about the action that's happening. Um, But I think in the sense of it being a palatable movie to people... Some people might not care as much, you know? So, like, you have to, for some people, you might need to throw in that, like, kind of, like, slow-mo, comedy, lines, whatever, like, props, Mm. shit like that to kind of liven it up. So, as you were talking, I was realizing how different the two are in that sense. Yeah, it's hard to compare. And I, I, I agree. I think, like, making a movie more palatable to a wider audience is itself a feat in visual, like, in eye candy. But... I just it, like on a personal level, this one is just like doesn't yeah, no, super fair. <laughs> uh, talk about more of the integrity and the eye candy of John Wick and how John Wick chapter two chapter two looks. Sorry, <laughs> Layla, me. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, I really like the palette of the John Wick movies. Um, mm-hmm. I think they look really like mystical and like fantastical i like that it's fantastical i like that they leaned into being like we've got this kind of crazy underground world that we live in and we're gonna make it dark but then have like very popping colors here and there that like feel special um i just love the coloring i think it's fun i think obviously like hands down the intent behind the choreography of the fighting and the way that they shoot the fights is like so important and why these movies matter so much like we've I'm not going to go into it because we've talked about it, but like Keanu cares so much about being intentional about how he portrays like violence and fighting. And I love that about him. And I love that about these films. Um, These movies really are built for people that like, like action movies and care about the action (laughs) itself. Um, So it's such a huge part of these films. Um, you know, I did. I I really just also like the stuff that's happening in this movie. The way they visually portrayed each like subsect of, um, like, underlords and stuff. Like the way that you know the homeless guy is set up, and the way that the with the birds and the the, the concert they go to, and the visual of the girl singing, and the stage, and the people partying and stuff, and the fighting through all of the crowds, like. I like all of that. I think it's really lovely. I think it adds so much to the movie. I think the visuals are incredibly intentional in this movie. And I think they play such a big role as to why it works the way that it does. So um, I'll go like a, I'm going to give it like a, oh, it's hard because I could give it a really high score just for the fighting alone. But I think I'm going to start with a (laughs) 5.5. Yeah, I I think it's like important to uh, differentiate between this one and the the first one only because there's an intention intentionality in the first one um, 
for the color palette specifically, where the first one starts out with this muted blue color to, you know, indicate where we're meeting John Wick in this life. And as he dips his toes back into the world, he it becomes more and more colorful. But in the end, it's a consistent color palette again, but it's a little bit warmer because mm-hmm. he, you know, is m- moving on or whatever. He's finding a different way of handling things than he did before. Uh, and he has a new dog. Um, this one feels a lot like just the middle section of that movie where it's like hyper stylized and hyper colorful. I agree that it still is like you can turn, there could be a John Wick movie without seeing him in it and you would know it's a John Wick movie. And I like that. Does part of me wish that like, one of David Fincher or Denny Villeneuve's like cinematographers came in and just made it a little bit cleaner. Sure. But like, there is, there is like a, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, there is a trademark feel to it that, that still works and it has a purpose. I think the production design in this one is uh, like absolutely absurd in certain parts. Like, the whole layout of where he murders Gianna, which might be her home, is like, <laughs> I don't even know how you even come up with, like, we're going to film it here in this, like, I don't even know how to describe that place. It it's looks like, like caves, it's like a coliseum. I mean, they're caves, like, they're catacombs. Tunnels, coliseum. Yeah, catacombs. Mm. Like, that exists. <laughs> That's real. No, it definitely exists. No, it, I mean, <laughs> everything here exists which i i really like and i actually like a lot of the scenes in new york because it's like a good use of like actual location scenery sure um i i, I get for this one as opposed to bullet train i think there's an incredible use of space yeah. there's such an awareness of where certain items are in a room and where the characters are um just you know i you you said it perfectly about the fight choreography um, and the intentionality. I also love how precise um, this movie is. Like the way John holds the guns in the scene where he's with the sommelier. Yeah. And like he does little things like he cocks the gun and checks the that the bullet is there with one hand in one part, which is like almost like a like a party trick or like a. You know, like when you're at a poker table and there's one guy who can like flip the coins in his hand. Mm-hmm. It looks so cool. And there's, and then the fights themselves, particularly the fights with him and Cassian, are like, oh shit! I'm wondering if they're actually fighting, and this is like actual life and death stakes because they are getting like they're really, really uh, getting to like all the pressure points and everything that you would need to do to survive and to kill. Um, and I love those kind of fights. Um, I kind of. In the John Wick universe, I love the little, like, subtitles that pop up. They're so obnoxious. Oh, my God. Thank you for bringing that up. I love them. They're so funny. Yeah, I love the way they they come out in ridiculous ways, and they're, like, one of them's in color. They're so overdramatic. I love it so fucking much. It's like the boogeyman. (laughs) Again, like, (laughs) it is, like, so much of, like, a trademark of what this movie is. Yeah. I... I got to say like a couple things the that first of all, the museum that they go to, that's the coolest museum I've ever seen in a movie. Like we've seen, 
a house of mirrors type thing with a bad guy whose voice like carries through the whole thing and you can't find him. But the fucking mirrors having doors and different shiny lights and stuff, it's so sleek. It's so fucking cool. And of course it's going to work in a John Wick one, uh, a John Wick movie. The only thing I have a problem with, I love the idea of like these tactical suits. It kind of reminds me of the Jackie Chan movie, The Tuxedo. But which is a classic and probably sucks ass if you rewatch. But the shoes he's wearing, those are straight up fancy shoes. Like there's no grip to them. They look like fancy shoes. The like toes are up and stuff. How the fuck are you going to fight? How are you going to run? There are so many scenes where he's running, usually hobbling because he's injured. But like, how would he run? Would he not be injured? With Quite those nitpick, fucking shoes. Honestly. Does he have like Dr. Scholl's in those bad boys? Like what's going on? Um, so for that reason, he I'm giving does. it a one out of seven. Uh, no, I'm going to give it visually. I'm going to do a five point. This is so like lame of us to do this. But no, like, it's not. I think it matters. I think same, it's important. It's I think it's a 5.5. A total. Of yeah, it, I think it's because. John Wick 3 is so fucking fun with its production design and fighting. And John Wick 1 is so intentional with its palette and stuff that I have to, like, kind of split it here. That's fair. Um, we're coming down the home stretch here. Yay. Uh, wrap it up. Okay. The most important part Can of these do. movies is did you like them? <laughs> oh, did you care to watch the film? Did you put your phone down for just a little bit? Um, let's actually switch gears and start with Bullet Train. Okay. <clears throat> Layla, did you like it? Did you want to watch it? Was it spectacular? Gotta have it. How was its spectacularity to you? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the category that works a lot for me with this movie. I have fun watching it. I do. I, like, I do enjoy the quips, the humor, um... If I go into it with the expectation of, like, I'm just throwing on an action movie that's going to make me laugh a little and I'm going to watch some crazy shit, like, I have a good time watching it. And um, I, I'm i now bringing this up. I was waiting to answer something you said earlier, Gabe. I have very few things in this world I hate more than the train joke. Like, the Thomas oh. the Engine joke in this movie upsets me so much like i have such a hard time with it and i will never <laughs> understand not good i did not understand why you liked it gabe <laughs> i it's like annoying but at the same time the way it pays off like works for me and the fact that there's stickers and stuff with it i think that like i could i could see what I you just mean think it's in an the outdated sense of... joke <laughs> I just don't think it makes any sense. Like, I have such mm. a hard time wrapping my brain around a grown man, like, pathologizing people around mm. Thomas the Engine. Like, I just, I, 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 I can't. But Engine. people take, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I think that a lot of people, there are things that have importance in someone's childhood that they find meaning and purpose in. I'm not saying that it is... <laughs> respectable that he does it but no i don't i like, obviously don't disagree with that there's it's some the level way... to like you get the character cares about this for a specific reason and it helps him determine who's good and who's bad yeah i just so... think it's like run into the ground like it is yeah, it's like yeah, painfully sure. run into the ground like it is yes 
every it's his whole shtick and that's rough because he's a funny character and he's a funny guy and like you could have done a million other things and you just kept doing this over and over again um i I don't disagree with you in the sense of payoff like when the whole diesel thing like comes up at the end where like aaron taylor johnson's character finally comes to that like you know realization and is with it and is like an agreeance of his brother it's great i feel it but like it's too much um so that's really frustrating for me it takes me fully out of the movie it did the first time i watched it and it did this time as well um but yeah i think the humor is really fun i have a good time watching it i don't really have I, i do think that like like you said there's a couple characters and a little bit too many of them that make it kind of like too much at times like i do think that everything comes together mostly well um despite having that many characters in the storyline, but I think they could have X'd out like one or two people and we would have been good. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it a five. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, the, I, I really wish that I saw this one in theaters. Like again, mm-hmm. like I think this would have been more fun with some friends um, as opposed to just like watching it quietly on my couch <laughs> like late at night. Like I, I think that would help, but at the same time, nothing about this movie makes me want to rewatch it. Like, say it opened up in theaters and I can go see it with A-List because I'm a boss. Um, I wouldn't go see it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I, I got it. You know, I yeah. I, this it, is like a TNT I, I, Sunday rewatch, not a like yeah, I can go into definitely. the theaters to watch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could definitely see that. But even with a like, com- if there were commercial breaks or something, I would just be like, "Nah, I'm good." I, I oh, remember it. No, I um, like it. I had fun with it. I, I also like it's only a little over two hours, but it feels really long. Like I yeah, kept cut thinking, some of those characters, please. I, yeah, I, I, I there's something. Not bad it loses its momentum pretty quick, like its train momentum, uh, pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the pun would be there. It's not any <laughs> different than any other type yeah, of momentum. I, yeah, I guess not. Bumblebee momentum. Inertia, is the dude. Same as- it's just inertia. Um, I I agree with you. I mean, like even outside, like the Thomas the Tank Engine thing is fine. Like it didn't really bother me, but I just think the movie overall is too obnoxious, and it's too like. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more, say no more. And if you got that, by the way, listener, congratulations. You're not Gen Z and you're not 10 years old. Um, (laughs) And if you guys are confused by it, I'll tell you what it is afterwards. Um, I I do think like Brad's comedy in certain parts like kind of brings me back into it. And again, like I love Lemon and Tangerine. So it's fun to have like running bits through it. I think the the running bit about how Brad Pitt thinks that he's unlucky, but he's really like the most lucky, is is really good. Like I, I it actually works for me. Um, I just like I I don't think this movie is all that bad. It's hard to compare with John Wick movies, but I just like I don't think I laughed very hard in it, and then I didn't think that the fight choreography was like a John Wick movie. So I'm left a little muted. So I think I'm like at a four with this. Like it's certainly enjoyable, but I'm like, it's pretty average neutral. I mean, if you're not laughing a lot, like it's definitely like average. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just don't think I was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But again, I probably would if I was watching that with friends and stuff. 
Yeah, I did or watch I it had with friends. people both times. And it is like, it, it certainly is a playoff of other people kind of humor. Like you kind of just yeah. like want to laugh with other people. For yeah. sure. Um, wrap it up. Talk about John Wick Chapter 2, Gabe. And um, let us know if you liked it. <laughs> um, oh, you'll know. Um, How spectacular was it? It's This was like, it really came out in the second watch that the first... Ha- or the first like third of this movie, especially the opening scenes, feels way. T- I know that they're playing with like the lore of of literally just the first one and John Wick himself, but it feels almost like a fake action movie within a movie. You know, like that characters would be watching in a movie, and that kind of brings me out of it just at first. And and I think unfortunately with this one, like John Wick takes its time too, but it's such a you know, it's a, it's a fresh original one. Yeah. Chapter two, it kind of really feels like an hour into the movie. It really gets good. Cause I don't find the action scenes at the beginning to be good. They're kind of fun with the car and they're really well choreographed with the car, but it's not until he gets into, until he kills Gianna and gets into the fight outside with dubstep which is like a shout out to the first movie with the fucking strangest concert of all time but when he's fighting out there it's so fucking cool and then they bring you to the catacombs yeah and it is unreal like the fact that he planned it out and stuff and was ready the it's it's incredible and then the movie just like skyrockets from there it just keeps getting better and better um because he gets that stairway battle with cassian which is one of the most like realistic esque like it, it's the it's the most realistic assassin fighting a, a top assassin uh, scene I I've ever seen because they're both like you can see it's almost like playing chess you could see where they're gonna make the moves and each of them are defending themselves while trying to kill the other yeah. and but there's some kind of respect to them too and it ends with them you know having a drink together. And it's so that that scene is like incredibly well choreographed. So it's so fun. But then all the moments with him and Cassian throughout where they're like subtly shooting each other, like when they have that like super cute moment where they're like using their silencers and like pew, pew, and no one else notices. Very very cute scene. (laughs) So cute. But that's what it sounds like, even though like a silencer would be pretty fucking loud in a public setting. Um, but it's cute, and I I like their fight. I like the way their fight ends. It has that like Black Panther uh, feel uh, with with Killmonger, except for it doesn't look dumb as shit. Um, there's also more comedy than the first, which really helps yeah. this movie. Yes, um, I love when he's in the Italian continental, and the guy like he's like, "You're back working? Is it the Pope?" Yeah, and then he's it's like, so no, funny. I'm not going to kill the Pope. But like <laughs> the so legacy funny. of the uh, Baba Yaga is like that. Um, I also love the shout out to the first movie where he kills two people in the subway with a pencil. With a pencil. Um, it's, it's exciting. I have a couple questions. Mm. I, again, what the fuck is that concert? Like, where are they? Is that her home? Who is that band? Like that band it's is definitely, crazy popular. I, I think I could answer all of these things for you. That's definitely not oh, her home. That's definitely just like a coliseum in Rome where they have but shows she has a and bathhouse? events. 
I'm I have no doubt that they private probably rooms. have like private rooms and like places okay. for like artists yeah, to dude. be in and things Someone's like that. When in Rome. When in Rome. But also yeah. like I definitely <laughs> know people that have gone to shows that are like that. So that kind of stuff totally does exist, which is kind of crazy. But like I want to go someday and <laughs> just oh, experience definitely. that. I, I have a question for you. Does the central plot of this one work for you? Like the reason why he gets back into the business, why he's forced to is because to get out of ever being an assassin, he uses that marker thing, which the whole point of the marker is at some point you need to assassinate someone. And if it's a big enough character that you would have to assassinate another person, you're probably going to run into some other killings along the way. Mm -hmm. So like, I, the first one is like, yeah, dude, he lost his wife and then someone came and fucking killed his dog and beat the shit out of him. That's going to set you on a path. But this one, like that whole plot is it's interesting enough how they do it. But like, does that work for you? Because I was it's, like the whole time I'm like, this is kind of dumb. You, it was so outlandish. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Like, it's funny how quick I am to like suspend belief with this movie. Like I'm very quick to just be like, yeah, I'm in it. That's a good reason to make him come back. <laughs> like it's not. Just, it's more you're like, couldn't right. they come up with something more clever? Sure. Like, cause it's, cause it's just like totally contradictory, right? Like it doesn't make any sense. Like you're saying like for, he had to have known that at some point that would have been called in. There's this, like one of the biggest people in this world isn't going to be like, I'm never going to use this. Like this also, is, why would he, why would he do the marker with the son of the guy who sits at the high table? Like yeah, that marker is like your last fucking thing. Like you yeah. are, I don't know. You're not wrong. I just think for some reason with these movies, I'm really okay with suspending belief. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm just going to take what they give me and I'm perfectly content with it and I'm happy with it. Um, what did you end up giving it? I, I'm i going to give this one a six. I mean, okay. it's just like, it's I'm super giving it enjoyable a six as well. to watch. Yeah. yeah. I'm also I'm like, I, I would give probably a seven to the first and third. Just in terms of pure enjoyment. Mm, but the, yeah. the six is, is, or the, the second is really fun. Yeah, I I'm not gonna really elaborate on much of what you said. I'm I do think that like unfortunately, up until the point that he shows up with the marker at his house and says I'm calling you in, everything before that I actually truly believe could have just been cut. Like I don't I don't dude totally. It it's not necessary. It's weirdly way too much like the first one. It's like I'm reliving the first one again for a very long time. Um. Like, I'm, I'm really, it's like they were trying to, like, remind us of why John Wick matters before we went into the next storyline. It's story like a line. recap at yeah, the beginning of an episode. Which, which exactly, which was unnecessary. And it's also, yeah. like, kind of a bad dupe of the first one. So it just, like, it's, I, I cert, it's not a great way to start a movie like this. Because, like, I'm watching it and I'm just, like, especially on this rewatch, I was, like, do I like the second one? Like, I, I couldn't remember mm. for a hot second. And then, of course, it gets to that point and the new story begins and you're in and you're excited. And then I think the pacing's incredible after that point. I think, you know, every turn after some big moment happens, you see him entering a new underground world that you're excited to learn about and learn about these new characters and these people and you're engaged throughout the rest of the movie because of it. Um, 
So yeah, it's a six. But yeah, I think that first like 45 minutes, like 30, 45 minutes, not super necessary. I mean, even in the later parts when it's like super awesome and the fighting is incredible um, and I'm, I'm so focused on that. There's always this part of me, like, I know you have to suspend disbelief, There's, but there's always this part of me when guys are running after him and trying to kill him and they're all dying, where I'm like, at what point would, say, the sixth person to be killed, like the, or I guess the sixth person after he just killed five people, at what point would they just be like, mm, you know what, this isn't happening, this one guy is killing multiple people at once i think i'm good there's no way that money is going to be more worth it than me fucking dying right now i just think and that, i bet like, they get paid like a thousand dollars you're there ha- of the statistically of the amount of men that die in these movies you're not wrong one of them should feel that way but as a woman i will say watching these movies it is believable to me that men would actually be like yeah i'm gonna be the one guy that's gonna take well down i know the and boogie- that's <laughs> That's it. It's like the it's everyone wants to, but a lot of the sometimes a lot of the side characters like seem to not, and maybe they just are like henchmen who don't know anything. They're not told this is Baba Yaga, and it's just like the the head honchos that are like, oh, we know this and we want to kill him. I mean, like there are people that see the text for when it's like the $7 million bounty, Uh like the, the woman in the um, subway uh, area that has the violin. She's like, her eyes light up and she smiles when she sees that it's John wick. Cause like they would want to do that. But for, I agree. And also these movies wouldn't exist if the sixth guy is just like, Nope, I'm I'm not doing it. (laughs) But uh, I want to see that movie though. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be really funny. (laughs) Uh, so we have a winner. It's John Wick, Chapter Two. Shocking. Uh, fifty-five to thirty-five point five. Not bad. Oh, that's not that bad. I no, mean, no, it's not. I felt out of the maximum aggressively. Of yeah, I just think like these are good movies to turn your brain off. I just yeah. think that John Wick. There's so much that's more important about those movies, regardless of how ridiculous they are. And how like self serious they are. Oh yeah, there's they're so much about better. it that I. Yeah, no, it's better. really necessary for cinema. Like, yeah. I I watched a lot of martial arts movies growing up, and they were never commercialized. And I would always see these dumb fucking fights. Like people all love born identity movies, but they're it's shaky cam. Like you don't see this kind of fighting, even yeah. though David Leach is certainly fighting in those movies. He's a stunt guy in those. <laughs> well, Gabe's gonna go ahead and recommend a bunch of movies that 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 guy's stunt stunted that, in. Stunted he's in, stunted on. That he's stunted on. Yeah, uh, stunted upon, stunted within. Yeah. Um, would you have any recommendations first before Gabe does that, Layla? Oh no, I was just leaving this entirely for Gabe to just go Gabe, off. Please recommend other movies that. Okay, I mean, uh, easy ones that you can stunt, go and watch. People stunted in. That, that that you could stunt on. Um, that have now Yeah, don't actually... try any of the stunts that you see in the movies at, at home. We should have started with that. Yeah, Disclaimer. don't try that yeah. at home. Disclaimer. Um, first of all, I, I think you should see John Wick Parabellum. It's like the most absurd version of this um, until the next one. Um, but two movies that directly influenced this are the raid redemption and 
the raid two, which the raid two should be called the raid redemption. And the first one should just be called the raid. But anyways, um, they are, uh, Indonesian films, but they're directed by Gareth Edwards. I can never remember. I think it's Gareth Edwards who also does like gangs of London and stuff. Like he, he's done a lot of choreography and, and cool movies that you may or may not have seen, but those movies are so fucking well choreographed and so graphic they're they're basically John Wick, but they are like like there's no lore to them. It's just this wild time. And man, like two of the people that choreograph for that are in John Wick Chapter Two, or sorry, uh, Chapter Three, but also like choreograph a shit ton of of John Wick fight scenes, and it's it's really cool. So I always recommend that. Um, a little like favorite of mine growing up that I'm sure doesn't age that well, but I always will love it. Um, I think I rewatched it like six years ago and it still works for me is smoke and aces. Mm. Um, there's Solid something work. about that movie that just like, it's like one of the only like shoot 'em ups, like purely shoot 'em up, um, that I like. Um, and then lastly, at the right time, if you like John wick and the idea of John wick, it all goes back to unforgiven, which is like, I don't like Clint Eastwood that much, but it's the movie that won him, you know, best picture, best director. It's incredible. It's the same story as John Wick one, um, but way more serious <laughs> uh, and, and way darker. Um, but yeah, I, I really recommend those. Like Unforgiven is, is a masterpiece. So I like, if you really just like the idea of this guy that got out, and and then he had nothing to live for and then got brought back in and goes crazy like that movie you gotta watch it's it's one of the all-time classics love it awesome knew we could count on you well i have to assassinate one more person before i can retire so can you plug us really quick gabe yeah uh i could plug you full of lead um just kidding no but we would love (laughs) for you to put a contract out on our instagram uh and look up facing off i don't think that works but look up facing off pod follow us there you can find out about new episodes that are coming out we got plenty for you uh, we have uh, a pretty big comedian that's going to be on. We got a- another person that's going to be on, and nine. another person, and also another pretty person. Big. So check us out on Instagram. That's a lot of people. And uh, yeah, and then also send us an email if you want to like give like a list of suggestions. And you don't use Instagram. We're facing off podcast at gmail uh, Next week we're going to give you a banger of an episode. We don't even know what it is. It's so exciting. <laughs> It could be anything. Um, Nick, do you have a send-off? Man, fate for me is just another word for bad luck. And that that follows me around like, I don't know, something witty. (laughs) 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.